every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Bristol Rose on the edge of the box, shot comes in, oh it's a very decent one as well from 25 yards out. Connor Ripley was beaten inside the first 90 seconds here at the Mem and it comes back off the post. First Shrimps corner then of the afternoon in the 12th minute over on the Morecambe left, it's going to be taken by the right boot of Jake Taylor. Plenty of red shrimp shirts in the penalty area. It's a short one to Donald Love on the left-hand tip of the box. Jensen Weir's got room for a shot on the edge of there. Jensen Weir curls it beautifully into the top corner to give the shrimps the lead. And that was a fabulous corner routine as well. We thought Jake Taylor was going to go long towards the back post. He slipped it short to Donald Love. Love into Weir, who had lots of time, 25 yards out. And he showed his quality there. He wrapped his right boot around it and curled it deliciously into James Belshaw's top corner to make it Bristol Rovers nil, Morecambe one. That is quite simply a stunning goal from Jensen Weir. Calm and collected, received the pass from distance, curls one right into the top right corner. And what a start that is for Morecambe. Jensen Weir's third of the season in all competitions. Absolutely delighted for him. He's going to fall to Coots and then out towards this left-hand side. Lovely play from Sam Finley just to nutmeg his man. Plays the ball towards the edge of the box. Aaron Collins tries to drive it across the face of the tip yard box. Ripley was beaten and it's millimetres past the far post. Gordon can switch the ball out to Luca Hall down this right-hand side. Anthony Evans tries to slip it into the path of Aaron Collins. The two former Morecambe men combining well. Collins cutting inside, chips it towards the back post. There it's tapped in by Ryan Loft for the equaliser. That was a decent enough move down the right-hand side for Bristol Rovers. The two former Morecambe men involved. Evans to Collins, cut inside. Left-footed cross towards the back post. And it was a tap-in for Ryan Loft from two yards out at the back post in the 29th minute to make it Bristol Rovers 1, Morecambe 1. Yeah, disappointing goal to concede. By the time the ball comes across the face of goal to Loft, there's no one picking him up there and it's just a simple job of tapping it home. Taylor, Fane, Love on this right-hand side. Love goes up and over. That might be a really good knock, you know, looking for Phillips, who's in here. And Phillips, oh, across the face of goalkeeper was beaten and he dragged it wide of the far post. What a ball forward that was from Donald Love right into the path. Kieran Phillips again just the angle against him Finley slides it into Aaron Collins on the edge of the Morecambe box Collins left footed that's a great save by Connor Ripley and on the rebound Collins tries to get a right footed shot away but Morecambe had bodies back behind the ball and it's Rawson who sticks out a left leg on the edge of the six yard box to turn that one behind for a corner Loft into the path of Finley slides all past lovely ball Aaron Collins is clean through on goal beats the keeper and hits the outside of the post Dave, I thought we were going in 2-1 down there when Collins breaks through on goal. Such a prolific player in front of goal, and he can only find the post. Because Aaron Collins has just danced his way through a couple of tackles, but so finds Usman Fain in his way, gets it towards Jake Taylor. Caleb Watts might have a break on here over the halfway line. It goes, lovely ball. ball. Kieran Phillips is clean through. Kieran yes. Phillips finishes brilliantly into the bottom corner. That's his first goal in a Morecambe shirt, and that was a fabulous breakaway from the Shrimps. 
We nicked the ball away in midfield. Caleb Watts drove forward, slipped it into the path of Kieran Phillips. And from 20 yards, he took it first time. It was a delightful finish as well. Into the bottom left-hand corner of James Belshaw's goal. And on 54 minutes, the Shrimps find themselves back in front. It's the first goal in a Shrimp shirt for Kieran Phillips. And it's Bristol Rovers 1, Morecambe 2. Kieran Phillips take a bow. He's been coming since his time with this football club. He's been edging ever closer to finding the back of the net. And on that occasion, he couldn't miss. It was fantastic, uh, fantastic attacking play. Caleb Watts with the perfect ball into the path of Kieran Phillips. He makes that run to perfection. Luca Hall on this right-hand side for the gas. He's going to try and whip it in once more. And Jacob, but oh! Goodness me, a flying diving header from Jacob, and it was destined for the bottom corner of Connor Ripley's net. And the shrimp's keeper pulls off the world class save to Very tip it around the post. Having such was the quality of the delivery, it was all over the place, moving, swerving, bending. And Jacob Badeau just got enough on it to send it behind. It looked as though it was going to nestle into the bottom right corner of Connor Ripley's net, but what a save! Loft up against Badeau, but Jacob wins today. Slips it into Jake Taylor, slips it into the path of Kieran Phillips, who's on the edge of the Morecambe, of the Bristol Rovers box and four. Kieran Phillips oh, goes a curler towards the far post. I thought that was 3 1 to the centre, all money there. Great play on the edge of the box from Phillips. Had his back to goal, turned, curled it towards the far corner, and that is a great tip round the post by James Belshaw. And that is why James Belshaw was last year's player of the year for Bristol Rovers. A fine save once again, David. End to end action here. Collins and Shaw battling for it. Collins witness today, slips it towards the right-hand side of the penalty. Chip ball in, oh, the volley comes in, and that's a fine save with the legs of Connor Ripley from a left-footed volley by Ryan Loft. Great save. Evans whips another corner in. Rawson missed the header, it's a bit of pandemonium, and it's in the back of the net for the equaliser to Bristol Rovers. And on his debut, it's the central defender from Burnley, Bobby Thomas, who smashes the ball in from close range to equalise with 10 minutes to go here at the Mem and make it Bristol Rovers 2, Morecambe 2. We didn't clear the corner. Just a second ball, isn't it? Just uh, whoever's most active to that, whoever responds quicker, unfortunately, for Morecambe. It was Bristol Rovers. And like you say, Bobby Thomas on his debut. It was a deadline day signing on loan for the season from Burnley. He was there. He pounced on it quicker. And he managed to slot home from, from close range. We just couldn't push the ball clear. We needed somebody just to get the laces through it and smash it out of the penalty area. And it just dropped nicely for Bobby Thomas, who's only three or four yards out. Back post. And he just smashes it into the roof of Connor Ripley's net and all of Morecambe's hard work in this second half has been undone with 10 minutes to go. We're all square at two apiece. Cooney's first touch of the football is to win a free kick. No, referee allows play to continue. Shaw didn't get the, the block tackling either. And here come Bristol Rovers down the right-hand side. They've got men over at the back post. Great stop from Connor Ripley. Great save and Ripley and the Bristol Rovers man down in a heap inside the six-yard box. Super, super brave keeping from the Morecambe stopper. Referee, Mr Whitestone, puts the whistle to his lips, so Morecambe still awaiting their first victory in League One, but it's another great point on the road, and the Shrimps did lead twice in this one. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps' verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was our best performance uh, of the season. I thought that... Um, we played really well today. I thought that um, you know the players that uh, 
came into the side, uh, the shape of the side, the way that um, we caused Bristol Rovers trouble uh, all over uh, the pitch today. And we started off with a fantastic goal from Jensen Weir to go ahead in the game, and uh, you know he put it right into the top corner. And um, we created really good openings. So the Bristol Rovers, it became an open game end to end, and we knew that was going to be the case when you come here. Eventually they get a goal, make it 1-1, uh, and then we go ahead in the game, a great ball uh, for Kieran Phillips to get his first goal for the club, a, a fantastic finish to make it 2-1. And then they get a scrappy one at the end, uh, you know, from a, a ball into the box, and they, they're able to bundle it over the line and scrap a, you know, a draw for them. Uh, they'll obviously have been hoping for a win today, but we were in the ascendancy at a lot of the time today, you know, and delighted with the, the players. I thought that... Um, it looked like a really good team performance and the players that we t- took into the side, Liam Shaw was absolutely fantastic uh, today. You know, Caleb Watts came into the side, did really well and, uh, you know, delighted with, you know, Kieran getting a goal. Uh, the midfield looked strong, you know, Fane and Weir and uh, the back four, you know, did really well as well. For the neutral, it was a cracking game of football to watch. Yeah, I mean, I said to the players today, you know, when you come to this venue, it's a... Uh, one of the fantastic, uh, you know, football venues that you'll come to because the atmosphere is, is really, really good. You don't get many, you know, clubs that you come to that can generate an atmosphere like them behind the goals. And uh, we've, you know, dealt well with it this afternoon. And uh, I'm sure a lot of the Bristol Rovers fans will be coming away really impressed with uh, Morecambe today. How much confidence can Kieran Phillips take now from that really well taken goal? Yeah, I mean, we know, you know, if you only have to look at our squad, you know, we're down to. Um, you know, small numbers now. We had uh, two youngsters on the bench. Had a mayor come on today. So um, then you look at their bench and what they take on. And uh, you know, this is a football club that wants to play uh, in the championship, and we wanting to you know retain a, a status as a League One club. So the difference in uh, what they can do and what they have resource-wise is huge. Bit of a state of disappointment that you couldn't hold on for the win. I think that's the third time this year you, you've been up there towards the end of the game. Just can't quite hold on. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, it's football. It's sport. You know, and uh, sometimes um, you're not able to get another goal to make it three-one, uh, and uh, they get back into it. But uh, you know, if you look at it, you know we've you know drawn four games this season. We've had difficult games to to play. Um, we've only lost four, three games this season and uh, won all our cup games. So uh, I'm delighted with how we've started the season. Uh, we would all have liked to have, you know, had that victory, but uh, that's life. You got on with it. I looked at the team and it's a very young team, very inexperienced, but they will gain week by week, especially against teams like this. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, playing in this league, it, it's, it's all the same, but. You only have to look at MK Dons last season. Uh, they had a very young side and uh, were able to get to the playoffs. And Liam Shaw, you mentioned him, a really, really solid debut. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic today. You know, he played in a role where he got on the ball uh, and, you know, had to, you know, stop their attacking players as well at times. And uh, I just thought physically he was really good and was able to last the 90 minutes and uh, that was the pleasing thing. No midweek game this week. Uh, are you glad of that? Yeah, I mean, we've had a tough schedule to start with, you know, to have nine games at the start of the season uh, and the places we had to go to. This was our 10th uh, today and, you know, we're glad of not having a midweek game because in League One you play a lot of difficult uh, matches, but we've had, you know, championship clubs to play uh, in the League Cup as well and, uh, you know, it takes a lot out of you. Derby next week, any hopes of any of the injured players being back? 
have no idea. Thank you. The free kick just before the corner that led to their second goal. Derek, it looked from where we were on commentary a little bit harsh and it's those fine decisions that aren't going our way at the moment. Yeah, I haven't seen it back yet, but um, you know, I'll, I'll have a look at it again. Unfortunately, it doesn't really matter if it is or it wasn't because uh, you know the referee has given you know the decision, and uh, if it wasn't, then you know it's gone against us. And on the strength of that performance, the first league when it's coming, isn't it? It's coming soon. Yeah, I mean, we just have to you know keep on hammering away. It's uh, a tough league that we're in. We understand that, and uh, you know we've been in a situation where a number of times we should have uh, you know won games but uh, I think that the squad that we're building you know after the transfer window has finished uh, is very good and being clinical as well we've spoke about that a number of times in recent weeks haven't we about being clinical in front of goal first time this season we've got those two goals in the league and that's promising going forward as well yeah I mean to get Kieran off the mark and uh, Jensen Weir to get his third goal of the season uh, you know his strikes have been uh, fantastic and we were just unfortunate not to have you know, going further ahead in the game, but um, you know, we just keep on working at it. And final one from me, Derek. The Cole Stockton saga has finished for now. Are you pleased he's still in the building? And, and what are the plans for him going forward? Yeah, it's the same as any other team member. Uh, you know, he's treated the same way, and um, so be it. Kevin Phillips, uh, great to get off the mark today, and a, a really well taken goal. Yeah, thank you. Um, delighted to get off the mark. First league start uh, away from home, so yeah, I'm glad to score. Almost had a second as well, only but for a fantastic save from their keeper. Yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't think he'd seen it, uh, but he pulled off a good save with his fingertips and uh, went to be. So overall, the game 2-2, how did you see it go, pan out? I think, I think coming into the game, you'd take a point away from home, uh, but obviously with, with how the game went, we were probably a bit gutted that we didn't take all three. Uh, but you know, it's another point on the board and can't complain really. And the overall performance, have you felt that you're getting stronger every time you're on the pitch? Yeah, definitely. Um, getting used to the lads, how they play. Obviously, I've been, been uh, brought in a bit later than what you'd imagine. Uh, but as a team, we're all blending together, we're all getting there. And uh, hopefully, you'll see the performances improving. Do you like those one-to-ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One-on-ones, yeah. I love them, yeah. Uh, that's, that's always been my game from, from growing up. Uh, clever runs in behind and one-on-one one with a keeper and just sliding in the corners. We did sense today that the runs you make, now you've been here a couple of weeks, people are beginning to find you a bit more often. Yeah, and, and that, that'll just come with time, like I say. Uh, but I'm glad, glad they're starting to see him and uh, he gave me a couple of good, good balls in behind today, so I can't complain with that. In the end, it's just a shame you couldn't hang on for the three points. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a corner, there's a scramble, it's a bit of a scruffy goal, so... We're all gutted with that. Uh, we tried to push on and get another ball. weren't meant to be today. You are a young team, but I thought there was a tremendous energy today. Yeah, I think I think you're going to get that with young lads. Uh, and hopefully we keep that throughout the season, don't get any injuries and uh, keep the energy high. So what's your hopes now to, to build on today? Yeah, build on today. Uh, personally, I'd like to score more goals, score as many as I can this season. And uh, obviously the team will want to pick up three points every time we step on the pitch, so we'll give it everything to do that. You've come in on loan and uh, you've played Everton next week Derby and Sheffield Wednesday it's uh, it, it's not bad as it's to look forward to no definitely not it's an experience for me it's what I've come for experiences uh, and to play big teams like that uh, in this league at home as well it'll be a good experience for me 
Thanks for downloading episode 70 of the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. A reminder, you can download, subscribe and share every episode of the Shrimps Verdicts. It's out after every single game in League and Cup, Apple, Google and Spotify and also via our website as well, beyondradio.co.uk. If you listen via a podcast platform, click the little bell icon as well and that will drop you a little notification to remind you of brand new episodes dropping into your feed and of course if you're listening to our full match commentaries on shrimps live you can contact us anytime using the hashtag shrimps live on twitter or the usual studio text number 073 Another massive afternoon ahead then for the Shrimps next Saturday. Derby County, the visitors. Really looking forward to this one. Full match commentary, of course, as ever with myself and Matt. On Beyond Radio, on FM and DAB Plus from 2.45. And also, of course, the coverage. And I follow Shrimps as well. Look forward to your company then ahead of the game. I've been talking to Chris Parsons from the fabulously titled Derby County Fans Pod. Steve Bloomer's washing. Uh, Chris telling us Everything we need to know about the Rams ahead of Liam Rossini's men's trip to the Mazuma this coming Saturday. So, Chris, thanks for jumping on our podcast. I really appreciate your time. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game this Saturday, tell us why your podcast is called Steve Bloomer's Washing. <laughs> it's amazing how often this comes up when I do these sorts of things. Um, yeah, so for the uninitiated... Uh, Steve Bloomer is Derby County's all-time leading goal scorer um, and the Rams have a, a pre-match anthem called Steve Bloomer's Watching uh, in tribute to, to the great man uh, and there's a statue of him as a bust of Steve Bloomer in the dugout at Pride Park which uh, Morecambe fans might be able to spot if they look very, very closely when you visit um, for the game and uh, yeah, basically Steve Bloomer's Watching is... Uh, just a, a, a pretty lame pun on uh, Steve Bloomer's watching, which is belted out. And uh, yeah, that's where the inspiration really came from. It's a great name. I was, I was speaking to uh, the Stoke City podcast, the, the Wizards of Drivel, a, a few yes. weeks ago. Also another amazing name for a podcast. I'm a big fan of that name as well. Like, you <laughs> yes. know, that wordplay is very much my, uh, you know, my, my go-to. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. So the podcast itself then, Chris, before we get down to business, uh, give us the sales pitch for it, uh, for extra Derby County content ahead of the game. Where can we find it? What's it all about? Uh, yeah, well, thanks. Uh, don't get to do that from very often. But uh, yeah, it's it's our take on all things Derby County every couple of weeks. Uh, we're the longest running uh, independent Derby County fan podcast, uh, having started at the start of the 17-18 uh, season. Um, fair to say Derby County have been through a fair amount since then on and off the field a um, couple of failed playoff campaigns relegation administration and a fair few bits in between but uh, yes yeah, myself and three other lifelong Derby County fans uh, chewing the fat on all things um, on and off the field from the club every couple of weeks and you can find us on Twitter uh, at Steve Bloomer Pod and uh, we release episodes every fortnight on every available podcast platform really but uh, we tend to get most of our audience from uh, apple podcasts spotify 
SoundCloud or wherever, whichever podcast service you use. Search Steve Bloomer's Washing. It's a great listen and it is a proper fans pod, Chris, isn't it? There's, there's no corporateness about it. You tell it like it is. Yeah, you know, we um, yeah we, we try to be honest. We try to be balanced, um, which is can be easier said than done in, in the age of like creator content. Like we don't want to, we try not to be too sort of partisan and, and ridiculous. But at the same time, look, we do we try to be honest. We'll, we'll call out bad performances and and give credit where it's due. And um, yeah, it's fair to say we've seen both ends of that scale supporting that you know following Derby County and uh, the, the 20 or 30 years that we've uh, we followed the club so let's talk about that in a bit more detail then Chris if we may as you've alluded to it's fair to say you've had quite the ride over the last few seasons yeah well even in the past few years that we've done the podcast I mean since we started five 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 six years ago um you know we started under Gary Rowett um, well, we, we missed out on the playoffs then when Fulham got promoted. And after that, we had the Frank Lampard years or year where we uh, lost to Villa in, at Wembley in the Championship playoff final, where we had the likes of Mason Mount and Harry Wilson and uh, Fakir Tamori at the club as great loanees. And then we had like, the Philip Koku years and, and the Wayne Rooney years. And um, I, I don't know how familiar Morecambe fans are with the incident where... Um, Richard Keogh and Tom Lawrence were involved in a, a, an incident yeah. after a team bonding session, which yeah. saw Keogh leave the club and um, Lawrence and Mason Bennett convicted of drink driving offences. And then we had the, the the Wayne Rooney era where he played for us for a period of time and then took over as manager. Uh, and then since he's left and we've had our own off-field difficulties with our overspending, catching up with Derby County and, um, administration following and in the past year or so uh, a battle for our very existence quite frankly with uh, administration um 21 points docs by the EFL um and a, a brave but ultimately failed bid to avoid relegation from the championship last season and that sort of brings us back to where we are now with um a new owner in David Klaus a local businessman come good who's sort of a reluctant savior really who took over derby county and took on all, and took on all our debts excuse me um he didn't really plan to but um he has readily admitted that uh, it was that or or derby county facing um facing a threat to their very existence really which as a club with a a rich history, you know, like two-time champions of England, uh, one of the founder members of the Football League in 1884, was a, a fate that none of us were really prepared to contemplate. So we're all very grateful to David Klaus. And this season, we're looking at fresh beginnings, albeit in the third tier of English football, which Derby haven't been in since the mid-1980s. But we'll all admit as Derby fans that we're, we're more than happy to accept that if it's if it's that rather than not existing at all so yeah a real roller coaster in the past few years but uh look we're, we're embracing life in league one enjoying visiting new grounds we haven't visited for a very long time some of them at all i think get you know play at games like fleetwood and shrewsbury so um yeah fresh beginnings and hopefully it's a case of onwards and upwards from here is that how it feels chris you're clearing the decks and you're moving on or 
I suppose a part of you must be disappointed you're still not in the championship. But for, from an outsider's point of view, it felt to me as if you were always going to be relegated, no matter how hard you tried, no matter what you did. It was almost as if the EFL were against, conspiring against you in one respect because you had the points deduction and another points deduction. And it almost seemed that, that no matter what you tried to do, the, the inevitable was going to happen. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, there was a brief period around Christmas last year uh, when we won like three on the trot and we were slowly narrowing that gap. I think when the 21 points were deducted originally, we were 17 points from safety. And I think we got it down to, I could be wrong, maybe about seven or eight yeah. from safety, something like that. My memory escapes me, but yeah, there was a period where it looked close. Like we, you know, we pulled off some great results. Um, beat Bournemouth at home last season; they got promoted. Beat Fulham at home last season; they got promoted. Um, got some great, got a point away at Fulham as well. Beat West Brom. Beat the teams that were up there. Beat Sheffield United. They were. Um, they ended up in the playoffs. So got some great results. Show some real great character and spirit. But um, unfortunately, while all this was happening, there was the background of the administration and um, we did have to let some players go last season that we would have liked to have held on to, like Sofessi Ebersaley, a promising young player, went to Udinese. Uh, Malcolm Ebiowe has gone to, gone to Crystal Palace. Uh, Luke Plange gone to Crystal Palace. Uh, Tom Lawrence, our captain, we couldn't renew his contract. So he's gone to Rangers and started well there. Um, and in the end, we were left with a, literally a, a sort of a team of, if you can call it that, a team of like five or six players in the summer. Um, so this season, it has felt like it's been a complete rebuild. Um, and I believe we're still under a sort of transfer sanctions where we can't pay a, a transfer fee for a player. So we're very much dealing in, we're very much wheeler dealing in in uh, loans and free transfers at the moment. Um, but Liam Rossini and his team have, have built a, have done some commendable work in building a, a team of, of free transfers. Um, we've got a competitive squad now, which is something. Um, so it does feel like we are in a position to challenge and we have started relatively well in League One. But uh, yeah, some of us dared to dream for a little bit last season. But at the end of the day, like it was, it, it would have been a Herculean effort to have pulled back that seventeen-point deficit from from where we were. And there was, I get it. There was a lot of anger towards the EFL. I mean, we got twelve points deducted automatically for going into administration. You can't really argue with that, really. And then the uh, extra nine points a few weeks later for three separate breaches of uh, EFL profitability and sustainability rules. Um, I mean, look, like Derby made the case at the time that the books that we had submitted were signed off by the EFL and our uh, non-traditional uh, practice, accountancy practices were apparently agreed by the EFL. Um, I think it's generally agreed that there was quite a lot of pressure put on the EFL by other teams in the division, by the likes of Wickham and Middlesbrough, that's fine. I, I mean, look, I feel it's water under the bridge now. It's happened. We're not going to get those points back. Um, we're not going to get that relegation back. 
what's happened has happened and I feel like we all just have to move on really it was disappointing at the time it was disappointing that Middlesbrough and Wickham made compensation claims against us for um what I still feel were hypothetical situations really um for claiming money against us for things that would have happened if we hadn't have spent like we did which is disappointing but look it is what it is and it's now time for for the club to to, to start a new era a new chapter and hopefully we can do that with our um even if it is with a team of free transfers going forward this season and it looked like that new chapter was going to be with wayne rooney at the helm are you sad that he left or surprised that he left or where did you stand with the whole managerial situation i was a bit surprised really because mainly because he'd stuck it out for so long um, he wasn't a stranger to the fact that we were in a terrible situation. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it, it was a surprise to see him go to DC United, uh, given that he had been linked with the Burnley job and even the Everton job. And I think we, we felt he'd built up enough credibility to have got a championship job, maybe, or, or, or a good League One job. Um, I mean, we've seen already this season that there are there are jobs popping up at like you know like Stoke and Sunderland already. Um, so yeah, an interesting choice for him personally. But I think the general uh, stance is that that we had a we had a number of takeovers fall through last season, and there was one particular takeover with uh, U.S. businessman Chris Kirchner, mm. who uh, who was in it for the long haul with Derby, but then he was he was asked to put up put up the money. And uh, and he couldn't, uh, you know, it rumbled on and on and on. Um, and there were, it was no secret that Chris Kirchner's party and um, his sort of right-hand man in those connections, Gary Cook, had connections to Wayne Rooney's party and his agent, Paul Stretford. Uh, so I think the, um, uh, you know, the, the assumed knowledge is that Rooney had a connection to Kirchner and that Kirchner was his preferred takeover. Yeah. And that when it all when that all fell apart, Rooney essentially thought, right, look, I've I've stuck I've stuck it out for long enough. It's time to walk away. Um, so yeah, disappointing. But you know, look, Rossinia is, I think, very well thought of. He, um, I mean, Curtis Davis, Derby's club captain, was open in admitting that it was Rossinia that did like ninety percent of the coaching when um, when Rooney was was the manager. So um, I think Rossinia was very much the brains behind a lot of our successes last season, a lot of the good results that we had on the pitch. So we're more than happy to give it a go, really. And although Rooney is, sorry, although Rossinia is interim manager at Derby at the moment, I think it seems like it's only a matter of time before he gets a gig full time, unless things go very badly wrong mm. in League One. So I think we're quite happy where we are. We're happy to give Rossinia a go. I'd like to see him given um, like a one or a two year deal. Um, you know, not commit to a ridiculous three or four year contract because um, that hasn't really worked out well for Derby managers in the past. But I think we'd all agree that Rossinia deserves a shot at it full time, given what he's put up with and the work he's done so far. And again, you're happy that he's still here. If you believe certain sources, he, he came within a whisker of, of becoming the Blackpool manager not so long ago. So you're still yeah. happy that he's in the building? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think... 
I, I didn't quite get the full tale on that one, but it seems that they couldn't quite agree on uh, budgets or way of doing things with Rossini at Blackpool. But it shows that he's a man in demand, yeah. um, that he's wanted by clubs in higher divisions than we are. Um, and that can only reflect well on Rossini and on Derby. So, yeah, delighted he's he's still here. You listen to him talk and he's one of those people that you, you, you it's, it's really hard not to buy into what he's saying. Um, and... Yeah, look, he's he's done some sensible recruitment, uh, got a good mix of experience in, in into Derby in pre-season. Some players who I think were, were being chased by championship clubs, but Rossini has persuaded them to drop down into League One. Players like Conor Harahan, who, to be honest, feels like he's far too good for this level, really. And players like David McGoldrick, loads of experience, um, which he showed when he got a last-minute winner against Peterborough just last weekend. So we've got players in who I think can drag us through this season and hopefully have us competing at the right end. And I think if Rossini can marry that with getting more out of our younger players as well, like Max Bird and Jason Knight in midfield, who have been at the club for a while, but who are only still like 21, 22, 23, it could be a good season. Let's talk about that season then, Chris, if we may. You started slightly slowly opening week a couple of weekends but you've only lost once in the last six games slight caveat we're speaking before our weekends respective fixtures so six games played in league one you've just lost the one so far a steady enough start a lot of Morecambe fans will be unfamiliar with Derby and how they play so tell us everything we need to know about a Liam Rossini Derby County team formations players what do we need to know yeah well where to start I mean I was uh yeah you mentioned our record this season I was at the Charlton game the only game we've lost and um it was one of all three away games we've had it's <laughs> it's going to come across as perhaps slightly arrogant but um you could make a case for us where we should have maybe one or three it, it sounds ridiculous but we uh we lost away to Charlton one nil we drew a Shrewsbury away 0-0 and drew a Fleetwood away 0-0. And in those three games, we had 55 attempts on goal and we haven't scored in any of them, which sounds, it's complete madness. Um, I was at the Charlton game and in the first half, we we were really we, we really were the better team. Like we hit the post, we missed another chance. Second half, we missed a, a point-blank header and we somehow came away scratching our heads, having lost 1-0. Um, and again, had 27 shots, I think it was, against... Shrewsbury and like 70-80% possession in the first half against Fleetwood. So we're a team who like to dominate the ball away from home and teams who host us seem to be happy for us to have the ball as well. Um, Rossini has talked about being happy to, to go long when it suits us, but we like to build from the back um, as is quite fashionable for a lot of teams. In, in in the football league at the moment. Uh, some, sometimes it works, um, sometimes it doesn't, and we do concede chances from it. Um, I mean, it, it's the same problem for everyone. I mean, I think Forrest conceded their second goal against Man City last night from trying to play out from the back and failing. So everyone tries it. Most teams get it wrong sometimes, but we're doing it because it's a more efficient way of keeping possession and creating chances and minimising chances for the opposition, that's a theory. So, yeah, we'll try and build out from the back. Um, we'll try and get the ball down the wings to the likes of Tom Barkhausen, who came in this season, 
and Nathaniel Mendes Lang, who's got experience, who came in this season. And the aim is to get balls into James Collins, who also came in this season, um, and get players around him like Jason Knight, um, although he's been filling in at right back, and uh, then try and uh, create chances from set pieces from the likes of Connor Howrahan, who has such a fantastic left foot, and then get players around him following up, really. So, yeah, we've got quality in different areas. Haven't quite delivered the goods in terms of scoring this season. I mean, we've got the best defence in League One, but I think most Derby fans would say we should have scored more goals. So, um, yeah, that's the story of the season so far, really. I mean, we've got a a 100% record at home, uh, a narrow win over Oxford on the opening day, uh, a 2-1 win over Barnsley recently, and then a very narrow win, 2-1 over Peterborough, at the weekend, with um, we're one 0 down with five minutes to go, and then scored late on, and then in injury time. So, yeah, we found it difficult at times. We've especially found it difficult away because teams just let us have the ball in the first half, and we just haven't. It hasn't clicked in terms of converting chances. So, it seems to be a strategy for teams away to to sit in, let us have 75, 80 percent possession. Um, we haven't quite been able to break them down, and then in the second half. Teams come out a bit more, um, create chances, games are much more open. Um, and yeah, we haven't quite found the formula away, but we're doing just about enough at home as it stands so far. We will let you have all of the ball. That's the way our manager, Derek Adams, likes to play the low block. You can have all the possession you like on the halfway line and in your own half. If you don't do anything with it, that's the, the kind of philosophy that he has. We'll try and hit you on the break and... What's not worked for us so far is also getting the ball in the back of the net. You say you're, you're the tightest defence. We've, as, as we speak now, we've scored twice in the league in six games. So that's a, a slight concern from our point of view, I suppose. So in terms of our ways we can hurt you, can you give us any glimmers of light, Chris, that we can, how, how can we, we, we get in and, and, and improve our, our scoring record? Um, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to say when when we have defended relatively well. I mean, um, so the, the, the defence includes uh, a young Irish defender who came through last season, Aaron Cashin, uh, who can get caught behind occasionally, like positionally, but generally has been really solid. Um, set pieces, we, we've, we've, we've been pretty, we've done just about okay. Uh, my concern is that our midfield isn't quite as physical as it could be because um, Derby's record signing, Christian Bielik, uh, is uh, was loaned out to Birmingham because um, he basically thought that he, he didn't really want to drop down to League One when we came down. And, and I I get that, really. He's like a full Polish international and he's got their, he's got their World Cup squad to get into for November. So um, he's... He's gone out on loan for the season with a view to hopefully coming back, depending on what division Derby are in next year. So, but he was like our midfield enforcer. We don't really have anyone who does what he did. Um, you know, Derby's midfield three is Harrahan and Max Bird, who are more um, ball-playing midfielders rather than uh, tough tackling midfielders. So I think if, if, if you can get bodies in there and physicality in the middle, and try and overrun Derby, then that's an area where you can try and pick up, perhaps pick up balls on the edge or um, or win the midfield battle, perhaps. Um, 
And in terms of fullbacks, I mean, Derby uh, are currently playing a, a central midfielder at right back, as I mentioned in Jason Knight, because uh, the other right back we have, uh, Aduro from, from Man City, hasn't quite shown that he can handle first team football yet regularly. So maybe down the right, maybe in over the top in behind Cashin, or maybe by winning the midfield battle. But uh, yeah, it's it's slim pickings, slim pickings because we have looked generally, touch wood, quite solid at Pride Park this year so far. Oh, good. Look forward to that. And Chris, thanks very much. For <laughs> uh, Tom Barkay's albeit a, a player that Morecambe fans know very well. Uh, we loved Barkey when he was with us. We were so disappointed. We, we had to, similar to, to you guys, I suppose, we literally had to sell him to pay the bills. And Preston got him on the cheap. You've obviously got him on a free transfer. That's still got plenty to offer in League One. Uh, how has he settled in at Pride Park? Good. Yeah, he's done well. Um, I mean, he, he scored in a pre-season friendly against Leicester and took that really well. And he looks like he's a sort of player who will play across a front three on the left. But he tends to come in quite often. Like he doesn't. He, he doesn't really look like a traditional wide man. He seems like a, a attacking left mid who who comes inside. Um, but yeah, he did took a scored a good goal in pre-season against Leicester, um, then scored the winner away in the first round of the League Cup at Mansfield, uh, got on the end of a, a Mendes Lang cross and to score a decent header at the back stick. Um, and it looks like he's developing a, a nice little um a, a nice little rapport with Mendes Lang actually like they've scored and assisted for each other already a couple of times this season. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like him. He puts himself about, he, he's not afraid to, to drift inside, get shots off, try and get on the end of headers. Um, and he, uh, he seems to put in a good shift. So I've been impressed with him so far. Chris, really appreciate your time coming on. We, we've spoken for, for a very long time now. And apologies for, for keeping you, uh, so not long. Cool. But it, it, cool. it's, it's great stuff. And, and I think the Derby County story is, is a in a way it's quite an inspirational one isn't it? isn't it because you're down in the doldrums all hope is lost your days of between going out of business or, or not as the case might be and now you're on the way back up again league one has a lot of former premier league sides the so-called sleeping giants the big clubs and we thought last season in our first season in league one was was tough you look at the the names of the teams in the division this season, and it seems even more so. Where are you in terms of your aspirations and your ambitions for this season? Is it straight back into the championship? Or I suppose, as you've already found out in the first half a dozen games, it's not going to be quite as simple as that. Yeah, I, th- I think if we can crack two key problem areas, then I think we've got a chance. Like the away form is is worrying, like haven't scored away or won away so far. Um, and we're probably just a couple of players short of having a squad, which I'd definitely say can challenge for promotion. But look, we're, we're six at the moment. We've got a great home record and the best defence in the league, so you can't really have too many complaints. Um, I guess for me, we just need to make sure that the fans still, you know, still back us, really. I mean, we, we had like basically a sellout on the opening day, like 30, 31, 32,000, which is obviously a, a massive gate for League One. And we've, we've hit like the late 20s in the home game since. Um, so my concern was that fans would start to drift away um, it, once we 
you know, in, in League One. And that could still happen because, look, it's it's all very well getting decent crowds in August, September when the sun's shining and you're winning. But it's on, on the Tuesdays and Wednesdays in November, December, January, February, when that will really test the resolve of the fan base at this level. So I hope we'll still get good gates. Um, I hope that we can still continue to break teams down at home. And if it continues to click, if we can just get it to click away, I don't see why we can't challenge. Um, it's, it, you don't want to get too carried away because most fans are just happy we exist, genuinely, still, and that we can put a team out. But when you see the players we do have and the experience we have and some of the goals we've scored, um, then hope does start to, 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 to rise up again, you know? And, and, and we're still in the mix in like in, in sort of November around Christmas and we're still in the top eight, top 10. And then we can maybe strengthen in January if we can. I don't see why top six can't be, can't be a name. I, feel, I think it looks like Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich are the teams to catch in League One for the top two. Yeah. So it's difficult to say if, if automatics are a name, but I don't see why um, we can't be aiming for the playoffs. So not scored away from home, not won away from home this season. You're backing County for three points then on Saturday. I hate to say it, but I do think we'll have too much for Morgan. I think uh, I think we'll win that one. Thanks very much indeed, Chris. Really, really appreciate your time. So you talk about your um, home attendances. I guess that means you're going to be packing out in the Mazuma and it's going to be a great atmosphere, hopefully. We've taken massive away followings all season, as you'd expect. Mm. Um, we, uh, mainly because, as I said at the start, like a lot of these grounds are places that Derby haven't played at for a long time or or if ever, like we, I don't think we've ever played at Shrewsbury. And Fleetwood. So yeah, we will uh, we'll take the maximum allocation. I'm almost certain of that, which I guess is around 15, 1600. Is it something like yeah, that? I think? Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um yeah, we'll, we'll we'll I mean there's a sort of a system in place now where uh tickets are allocated based on how many games Derby fans went to last season. So it's like, you know, you can get one first if you went to 20 plus away games and 10 plus away games, then five. Um, I'm towards the bottom of that pile, um, so uh, I'll have to see if I can get one myself. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get to a few over the next few weeks, like the likes of Lincoln. I haven't been to Cambridge as well. So yeah, but you can guarantee that Derby will take a big number to Morecambe. Great. Really looking forward to that atmosphere. Chris, thanks so much. Before you go, give us the, uh, the sales pitch one more time for Steve Bloomer's washing. Yeah, we're, we're a fortnightly Derby County fans podcast. Uh, you can find us at Steve Bloomer Pod or on the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, fortnightly, twice weekly, uh, sorry, discussion every two weeks on Derby's most recent fixtures, along with interviews, nostalgia, Derby County quizzes and everything in between. And we'll look, we'll look for the Steve Bloomer bust when we come to Pride Park. I think it's middle of February we come to you so uh, we'll look out for the bus then and hopefully uh, you're well in the promotion mix and, and, and we're comfortably in mid-table so Chris thanks so much uh, good luck for the season um, after next Saturday of course and we'll speak to you next time no problem thanks for having me on 
Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.